Well, what a privilege it is to be with you this morning. Uh, I love this church. I love your session. I love your pastor. God has used all of you as a church uh, in my life and in my family's life in huge ways. In June of 1999, my family and I moved here to Athens. And our first Sunday here, uh, we went to this church that we heard about. It was a new church with this really young, good-looking pastor who was fiery and smoked cigars and preached the gospel. I don't guess he smokes cigars anymore. Uh, But I remember that first Sunday hearing the good news of Jesus for a big sinner like me. (laughs) And I heard about grace in a way that I'd never heard before. And I literally remember being on the edge of my seat, so fired up I wanted to hit somebody. Um, And so God has used Redeemer in a great way uh, in my life and in my family's life. Almost four years ago, uh, you sent us out as your missionaries to Boston to plant a church in the inner city of Boston. And uh, I have good news for you this morning that about 160, 170 folks are worshiping God in the inner city of Boston at Christ the King Dorchester. Um, So I'm grateful. I'm grateful for your partnership. I'm grateful for God's faithfulness uh, that he who is called uh, is committed to bringing it about. He's good like that. I'm excited to be with you this morning. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 10. If you didn't bring your Bible, maybe your neighbor will share it with you. If not, I think it's in your uh, bulletin. What I want to do this morning is I want to read verse 1 to you. That's not in your bulletin, but I want to read verse 1 to you. And then I want us to skip down to verse 5, and I want us to read verses 5 through 15. But I'm only going to preach on verse 1 and then 5 through 10. But I want you to see the whole picture of of this narrative of, uh, of Jesus sending people out into mission. So when you're there, say amen. Oh, I'm not in Dorchester. When you're there, say amen. Amen. All right, here we go. That's how we do it in Dorchester. Hear now God's holy word. And he, and this is Jesus, and he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. Now in verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. Now you received without pain, give Without pay. Acquire no gold, nor silver, no, nor copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staff, for the laborer deserves his food. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. And as you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. 
And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust of your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Lord, have mercy. Let's pray together. Our Father, we are grateful that you have given us your word. We thank you that you are not the God who just created and pushed us out into existence, but you are the God who has revealed yourself to us through your word. And so, Lord, we're grateful for that. And we pray now that you, the Spirit of God, would take the word of God and reveal to us the Son of God. Because it is Jesus that we need this morning. Lord, you know where we're all coming from. You know all of our stories. You know every single thing about us. You know our struggles. You know our sins. You know our temptations. You know where we've been. You know what we've done. You know the things that we've looked at. You know the things that we haven't done that we should have done. And yet you invite us. You have invited us this morning. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask now that we would see Jesus and him alone, that we would see him as beautiful. We would see him as the one who is most satisfying. We would see him as the the Savior for our sins. May we see Jesus this morning. And we pray this in his mighty and strong name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, in verse 1, the gospel writer Matthew tells us that what Jesus did is he calls to himself his 12 disciples. Now, I want you to get the picture. That's the late, great Larry Munson would say, get the picture. What Jesus has done is he has brought together these 12 disciples. He's been teaching them. He's been modeling ministry for them. And now... He's calling them to himself. Now, no sermon in Athens, Georgia would be complete if there wasn't a football illustration. So here's your football illustration. What Jesus is doing is he's saying, huddle up. Huddle up. Now, I don't know if you watch football or if you've seen or you know what goes on, but in between plays, usually the team huddles up. And I don't know if you've ever been in a huddle, but I've been in a few. And let me tell you what happens. When you get in a huddle, what is about to happen is mission. (laughs) Mission is about to happen. We are about to go somewhere with a purpose. And Jesus calls his 12 together and he says, huddle up. We're about to go on mission. We're about to go on mission. Now, this mission that, that Jesus sends out is a very specific mission. It is to the, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And, and we, as we look at this, we can learn some things about mission. Now, we don't, we don't look at this and say that, that this is hard and fast and concrete rules for mission. Because this is a specific mission that Jesus sends his disciples out. But what we can do is we can learn some lessons from this passage. And what I want us to do this morning is I want us to look at three lessons. Three lessons that we learn from this passage. You ready for the first one? Lesson number one. You were meant to be sent. Okay? That's lesson number one. You were meant to be sent. 
Now, do you remember the Old Testament reading? Pastor Howe, Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12 is this beautiful picture that Abraham is in the city, the city of Ur. And God comes to Abraham and he says, Abraham, I am calling you out. And Abraham, I am going to bless you. And why is he going to bless him? I'm going to bless you so that you will go be a blessing to others. See, that's, that's what mission is. That God calls Abraham out to bless him in order to send him out to be a blessing. We see that this is the intention of God from the beginning. We see this in the, in the, in the nation of Israel. That when they are oppressed in Egypt, God calls them out of Egypt to bless them, to send them out to be a blessing to the nations. God, with the tw- or Jesus with the 12 disciples, calls them out and blesses them in order to send them out to be a blessing. Guess what? If you are in Christ Jesus this morning, you have been called out. You have been called out from whatever unbelief and whatever trash and hell heap you were under. You were called out in order to receive a blessing in order that you might go and be a blessing. Now, I know that TV preachers have made a mess of that word blessing, right? And us good Presbyterian reform people, you know, we don't even, we're, we're careful not even to mouth the word blessing, you know. But look, he didn't call you out to give you a blessing of, of, of fine living and fat cars, you know, pearls and perfumes, uh, big boats and big retirement funds. He didn't call you out for that. He called you out for something even more. He called you out of your life in order to give you a transformed life. He, he called you out of your pointless and purposelessness in order to give you significance and meaning in this world. He, the, the blessing you can't put a dollar sign on because it was bought with the pri- priceless, precious blood of Jesus. That's the blessing right there. And that's what mission is. Now, some of you are going right now, now I appreciate that, but I'm not a missionary. Look, you were meant to be sent. Every single one of you are missionary. Look in verse 5. Look at see, see what it says in verse 5. In verse 5 it says, the 12 Jesus did what? Sent out, right? Now if you're smart and you have this, you're saying, I'm not a missionary. You're going, I'm not one of the 12. So what are you saying? Well, here's the thing. is That's not the only thing Jesus said. See, if you fast forward and you go all the way to the end of this gospel in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, Jesus says all of his followers, this is what you're to do. If you follow me, you are to go and make disciples of who? All the nations. And baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and teaching them all that I commanded. You see, what is normal for the Christian life is to go. It's to be a missionary. Now, some of you, Jesus will not call you to go to Uganda. Some of you, maybe. But he may not call you to Uganda. He may not call you to Japan. He may not even call you to Boston. But you know what? Every single one of you are called. You were meant to be sent. You see, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, right before Jesus is about to ascend into heaven, Jesus says this to his followers. He says, he says, look, I want you to stay right here where you're at in Jerusalem. Stay right here. And you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. 
You're going to get a blessing. Now, why are you going to get the blessing? So that you will be my witnesses right here in Jerusalem, right here in your backyard, right here with your neighbors, you know, right here. But then also in Judea, that's your region, and Samaria. That means people who are not like you, who are ethnically not like you, racially not like you, traditionally not like you, listen to different music than you listen to, worship a little bit differently. Ooh. Yeah, those people too. You're going to be my witnesses there. And then all the way to the utter ends of the world, you're going to be my witnesses. And you know what? You were meant to be sent. That's why. Now, some of you, I know that you're going, well, man, my life is such a mess right now. You don't know what's going on in my family. We're, having, we're struggling. We're having a hard time. Look, you just keep being a witness. You may not be able to go to Uganda. You might not be able to make the trip to Nicaragua. But you know what? You, you, just, you keep testifying that God is walking with you through whatever hard time it is that you are going through. But every single one of us were meant to be sent. So that's the first lesson we learned, that you were meant to be sent. Now here is the second lesson. The second lesson is when you're sent, when you go, you are to go with kingdom talk and kingdom task. Kingdom talk and kingdom task. Now look in verse 7, if you will. Let me show you this, verse 7 and verse 8. Jesus says, when you go... And proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the kingdom talk. Now here's the kingdom task. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse lepers. Cast out demons. You receive without pain. Give without pay. So, so when you go, you go with the kingdom talk. You go proclaiming. You go with the ministry of the word, as some like to say. And you go with kingdom task. You do something. That we, we call that the ministry of deed, right? Ministry of word, ministry of deed. Now, most people, most ministries, most churches tend to emphasize one of those of, over the other. Some of you are at this church. You decided to come to Redeemer and join Redeemer because you like the fact in your mind that they emphasized one of those. You know, you're like, now I appreciate Redeemer because they're not just a bunch of talk, but they are doers, man. They, they do stuff. I mean, they got this downtown ministry stuff, and man, they're ministering. To, they love the poor. They care about these. They care about Athens. They are doing kingdom tasks, and that's why I love Redeemer. And others of you go, man, I'm at Redeemer because they preach the word, you know, the unadulterated gospel. You know, none of this liberal, you know, mansy-pansy, hippie Jesus thing. They are preaching the word. And that's why you're here, you know. Isn't it interesting, though, that Jesus says, do both. When you go, you proclaim, you do the kingdom talk. You proclaim the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But you also do the kingdom task at the same time. Now, what is this idea? He says, uh, he says, when you go, go proclaiming the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, what is that? The kingdom of heaven. Oh, it's so beautiful. See, the kingdom of heaven is not, you can't like take a map and, and draw out, the, okay, this is the kingdom of heaven. 
This is not the kingdom of heaven. This right here is the kingdom. You can't do that with the kingdom of heaven. It's, it's, like un, it's, it's not like any kingdom in this whole world. Because, see, the kingdom of heaven is not geographical. It's not about geography, but it is about dominion. See, where, where, what did we pray earlier? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, see, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is where it comes where God's will is done. Do you see that? And so, what Jesus says is, he, he says, when you go, proclaim that the kingdom is coming. It's at hand. It's, it's coming. Get ready. Now, this, you, you got to know where this is coming from. This word proclaim is where we get our word preach from. And what I'm doing to you right now, what I'm giving you, I'm giving you all I got, and I need some encouragement. I am preaching. I am proclaiming to you. And this goes all the way back to when the days of the king, and when a king was coming and, and about to visit a village, there would be those who would be sent before the king. They were heralds. They were preachers and they were to proclaim the king is coming the king is coming get ready the king is coming now for some folks that was really exciting for others it was not if you weren't loyal to the king mm, you kind of got scared that the king was coming but those who 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 knew that this was a good king and and you loved the king and, and maybe you were poor and you didn't have any food. And the king was coming. He would, he would see. He was a good king. He would see that you were hungry. And he would give you food. He was a good king. Or maybe you were, you were oppressed. And, and there was injustice going on. And you knew that the king was coming. He was going to set it all straight. Oh, it was good. The king was coming. You know what? This is the message of the kingdom. That the king has come. See, maybe you're here this morning, and this is all, you're checking this whole Christianity thing out, and uh, we're so glad that you're here. I want to proclaim to you the message of the kingdom right now. See, here's the message. The message is, is that God loves this world. He created this world, and he created you, and he created this world, and he created you to be in relationship with him, to be in harmony with him, to, to know him, and to enjoy him. But you know what has happened is that sin, rebellion against him, people, people basically flipping God off and saying, I don't want your way, I want my way. And what has happened as a result is this world is messed up. Now, I don't have to tell you that. You know that, right? I mean, you know that this world is messed up. About two years ago, we had been in... We'd, we'd been in Dorchester for, for maybe a year. And we were really struggling to reach young men of color in our neighborhood, which is 80% of the men in my neighborhood. And I met a guy named Benny. Benny was the neatest guy. Benny had grown up in the neighborhood. Benny had gone to prison. But he had said, I'm not going back. And I'm going to make sure I can do everything I can to make sure other kids don't go to prison. 
And so Benny would, would go to the local park, and everybody knew Benny. All the kids knew Benny, and he would bring, like, his gym bag, and he would, people, he, he would take kids, and, and they would be jumping rope, and he would teach them how to jump rope, and they'd be doing push-ups and pull-ups, and he would work these kids out. And he was always asking, how's your grades? Are you doing okay? Are you still going to class? You know, and, and, and Benny was a hero. And Benny started coming to our church, and Benny started hearing the good news of Jesus, and we decided that, you know what, we're going to do a men's Bible study, and it's just going to be Benny and his friends. We were so excited about Benny. The week we were going to start the men's Bible study with Benny and his friends, on Monday night I get a phone call. Benny's been shot. Benny's dead. And you know what? That's messed up, right? It's messed up. One Sunday morning, about a year ago, I'm getting ready. We're, we're, we're getting every, the church ready, you know, and, and, uh, and, and we're setting everything up for worship. And, and one of the grandmothers in our church, she calls me up. And I'm thinking she just needs a ride for church, to church. And I pick up the phone, and she is wailing. She is delirious. And she says, Pastor, Gabriel didn't wake up this morning. Gabriel's two months old, and he went to sleep, but he didn't wake up. And you know what? That's messed up, isn't it? Things aren't the way they're supposed to be, right? The world is messed up. And I know the world's messed up because I know I'm messed up. I got a loving, unbelievable, smoking hot wife. (laughs) And I don't treat her the way that I should. And that's messed up. I got five unbelievable kids. I get angry with them. I yell at them. I often neglect them. And you know what? That is messed up. But here's the good news of the kingdom. Is that's the very reason why the king came. He came for that. See, the king came, Jesus Christ, God himself stepped down in the form of man and he lived this perfect life that I should have lived but I couldn't live. And he did it in my place. And then he died on a cross. He took the penalty that that should have been put on me. The consequence of my sin should have been put on me and it was put on him. And he did that in my place. The king has come. And that's good news. And that's the message of the kingdom. But listen, it's even better than that. See, the kingdom, the message of the kingdom is not just this past orientation that the king has come. But the message is also that there's a a current, present orientation to the kingdom. That the kingdom is coming. That right now as you go and you are sent to be those witnesses and you do the kingdom talk and you do the kingdom task, that the kingdom is coming. That things are being set right, right now. See, there's a, there's a, a past orientation to the kingdom. There's a present orientation to the kingdom. Oh, but just like that cherry on the top of a nice ice cream sundae, <laughs> there is more. There is a future orientation to the kingdom. Because, see, the king is coming back. He's coming back. Yeah, he's coming back. The king is coming back. I got to tell you all this. Um, I have this son. I have a Chinese son. If you've seen my, my Christmas picture, uh, there was like all us white people and then this Chinese guy, you know. And everybody's like, who is that? Well, that's my Chinese son. He's from Shanghai. 
And uh, Charles joined our family this, this fall. He's an international student at my kid's school, and he's going to be with us through high school. And, uh, and so this fall, uh, right before Christmas, it was so cool. After many, many conversations around the dinner table about Christianity and about who Jesus is and the, and the gospel and, um, and late-night conversations, laying in bed, uh, ne- you know, sharing a room with my son Luke, and Luke had a huge impact on Charles. Charles decided that, I, he said, I want to trust Jesus. I put my con- he. My confidence is not in myself anymore. My confidence is in him, and I want to be a part of God's family. And so we baptized Charles, and it was so cool. Well, this week, my kids had this week out of school. We have winter break in Boston. And so this whole week, what Charles has been doing since he hasn't had to study is he's been reading the Gospels. He's been reading Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. And my wife told me yesterday that that yesterday Charles came to her and said, Mom, how, how is it that that all these people, that they knew that Jesus was the one. You know, like, how did they know that? And so she started going through redemptive history, starting with creation and Genesis and walking him through the scripture about the king has come. And then she got to the part that, and he's coming back. And Charles, like, got all freaked out. And he said, he's coming back? (laughs) And she said, yeah, he's coming back. And he's like, oh, wow, I just thought he just came and died for my sins, and now I get to go to heaven. But he's coming back? Yeah, he's coming back. See, the message of the kingdom is so good. It's so good because it's that the king came, and that the king kingdom is coming, and that he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. It's so cool. It's so cool. Okay, so that's... That's the the kingdom talk. But what's so cool about it is that the kingdom talk always lines up with the kingdom task. Look in verse 7 again. He says that when you go, go proclaiming, uh, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Now, we're good Presbyterians, and we go, wasn't that for then? I don't feel very comfortable with this. Yeah. But isn't this the work of missions? I mean, the work of missions is to see people who are sick and broken come to health and wholeness. Isn't it? It isn't the work of missions when you see, when someone is dead in their souls because of their sin. That, that all of a sudden they're resurrected to new and transformed life because of Christ. I mean, isn't that the work of missions? In the work of missions that, that, that those who, like the lepers, who couldn't go worship because they had been cut off, because they were so stained, isn't the work of mission to see those be washed in the blood of Christ? And now they're brought into the presence of God. And isn't the work of missions taking back what our enemy Satan has stolen? That's the work of missions. So see, missions, when we go, you were meant to be sent. And so when you're sent, you go with kingdom talk and you go with the kingdom task. That's the first two lessons. Here's the third and final lesson. The third and final lesson is is that when you go, we should go trusting. And this is hard. 
when you go, we should go trusting. Look at the end of verse 8. Jesus said, you received without pain. In other words, what you received, disciples, those of you who have been called out and this blessing you've received, you didn't pay for it. So don't you go charging for your ministry. You received without pay. Now give without pay. Verse 9, acquire no gold nor silver nor copper for your belts. In other words, you don't need, when you go on missions, you don't need a fat, fat wallet. Now, this is not saying we don't plan and we're not wise missionaries, you know. But, but at the end of the day, you might be getting pledges, but guess what? People make pledges all the time and they don't follow through. You don't trust in the pledges. You trust in God. And then he says, don't take any bag for your journey, nor two tur- tunics. One is going to be enough. Nor your sandals. You don't need two sets of sandals. One's going to be enough nor a staff. In other words, you don't need a a, a stick with you to protect yourself. God's going to protect you. And he says, and this is interesting, for the laborer deserves his food. Now, two principles I want to point out real quick in this, first of all, is that you do not charge for ministry. (laughs) When you go, you don't charge for ministry. Now, I know you probably go, well, that goes without saying. But you turn on the TV, you know? I... This is a great story. My wife, when she was in college at the University of Southern California, she was out in Los Angeles, and the Pope was coming to town. And I don't know, but Catholics get excited about the Pope coming to town. And, they, and there was like all these vendors, she set out, on the street as the Pope was coming through. And they were selling all this kind of memorabilia about the Pope, you know. And she said that there was, there was Pope rope on a soap. No, Pope soap on a rope. Pope soap on a rope that will wash all your sins away. <laughs> they weren't giving it away for free. They were charging for that. Yeah. When the TV preacher comes on and, you know, he's going to give you the, for $19.99, you can get the holy rag that he wiped his sweat, you know, off the brow. And you'll be blessed by this. You turn the channel now. Because, see, we don't charge for ministry. That's the first principle. But the second principle is this, is that the laborers deserve his food. What that means is, is that you, church, have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to take care of those who God specifically calls to labor. You have a responsibility. That little sheet right there in front of you, you heard. I mean, you guys could send two families, and I know that there's more. There's no reason why, there's no reason why missionaries should walk around feeling rejected. And maybe you can't give, maybe you're spending all the money you can, but you can, you could cook them some macaroni and cheese and invite them over to the house. And you could say, hey, you know what? I don't have any money, but I can walk with you. And I can pray for you. And maybe you do have money. You got more money than you know. How many of you got two coats? Just, just give out of your excess. See? I mean, and that's, that's the principle here. Now, how is it that you could do that? Like, how is it that you could even, you can go in missions. How is it that you could, um, 
how is it that you could give generously and all these things? Like, like how, do you, how is it that you could do that? Well, you have to do it because of trust. See, when you go, you go trusting. You go believing and go, go with faith. And how are you going to do that? You remember that old song? I don't know if y'all remember that old song. We've come this far by faith. Y'all, y'all don't sing that here? Uh-huh. Yeah, but you remember that, Brandy. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Leaning on the Lord. Now, here it is. Trusting in His holy word. See, that's it right there. Trusting in His holy word. See, you can go, you've gone this far by faith, and the way that you're going to get home is by trusting in His Holy Word. Now, what does He say in His Holy Word? Well, He says whether He calls you to Uganda or He calls you to downtown ministries or wherever He calls you, that He says, if I call you to the highest of heights, guess what? I'm there. If you go to the deepest depths, guess what? I'm there. Guess what? I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. See, when you know that and you believe that, you can go anywhere. You can do just about anything when you know that there's no place you can go and he's not there. But some of us go, but will he, I know he's there, but will he take care of me? I mean, will he really? I got something for you right here. Listen to this. Jesus said, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body or what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap or they put things in barns. And don't you think your father cares more about you than those birds? He does. He does. And you know why you can go? It's because he promises. He's going to take care of you. So what do we learn? We learn that you were meant to be sent. We learn that when you go, you go with kingdom talk and you go with kingdom task. And when you go, you go in faith, knowing that your father will take care of you. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you guys. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you have met with us. We thank you for your word. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to use your word to minister to us. That, Lord, that we would know deep in our hearts that you love us. That that's why you came. And that you promise that you will always be with us and care for us. And that's why we can go. Jesus, help us to believe. In Jesus' name, amen.